Welcome to uh, the Bible class here at National Capital Bible Church. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, we are in Job. As a matter of fact, we're in Job 16 tonight. But as we begin, as we always do, we have spiritual preparation. In Joshua 1.9, we're told... Have I not command have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you That's going to be an important uh, passage for us this evening because we'll be studying Job and it's one of the uh challenges for Job uh we also, another passage we've used many times is Proverbs 3, three ver- Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean, lean not unto your own understanding. Um, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own, your own under, understanding. Um, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Yes, every now and then a phrase or two slips by me. Uh, I would like for you just to take a few seconds. And, and by the way, that's another passage that is going to be very important to, uh, to Job as he struggles with uh, his life, the situation in which he finds himself. But before we begin our study this evening, let's take just a few seconds for your spiritual preparation, our spiritual preparation, uh, confession of sin, uh, so that God the Holy Spirit is uh, devoted uh, or is helping you uh, through the, the study this evening. So let's close our eyes and bow our heads, take a, a few seconds, And then I will open us in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we're thankful for each and every um, difficulty that we find in our lives. It's a, a, a challenge. Uh, and we know that uh, these challenges uh, are well known to you, but they are challenges to us as we uh, trust you, that we realize that you have provided for us, and we simply need to uh, remember what we've learned from the Word of God, the promises that are there. And we pray, Father, that as we trust you, uh, we will gain confidence, reassurance uh, for our spiritual lives. We ask your provision uh, this evening. We pray that God the Holy Spirit will and true, truly uh, help us to understand the passage, uh, the interpretation, and then be able to apply it to our lives. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, this week, several people... 
uh, as they are uh, very often like to do, send uh, they like to send uh, various things. And let's see if I can find these two. This one says, so technically showing up at the bank in a mask and gloves is okay. Uh, the other one, uh, this one, I think this one came from my brother. The other one, I don't know. This one, I can't remember. I'm having a quarantine party this weekend. None of you are invited. All right. Uh, we're going to be in the book of Job. Uh, if you've turned to the book of Job, I would like for you to read with me uh, Psalm 121 first. So turn to Psalm 121. This should be one of the psalms that uh, you have read many times because it's such a, uh, a reassuring psalm. And Psalm 121 speaks of the Lord's provision. And again, this is one of the, the challenges for Job. And as we read... Uh, some people might uh, say, I'm not sure why uh, Job had such a difficult time trusting the Lord here. Well, uh, the disasters in his life were significant. He not only lost uh, much of his property, but he lost his children. And I think for many of us who have ever lost a friend or a sibling, um, lost a, a, a child, uh, it is devastating. Uh, to lose uh, 10 would be um, almost more than anyone can take. And so that's where Job, Job finds himself. Psalm 121 says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. This psalm, is what's known as an ascent psalm. Uh, pilgrims, as they were approaching Jerusalem for uh, the feasts, they would lift their eyes to the heights where Jerusalem would be. And so I lift up my, eye, my eyes to the hills, towards Jerusalem, we might say, towards Jerusalem and the temple. From whence cometh my help? My help comes from the Lord, who has made, who made heaven and earth. And that uh, bit of information uh, there in itself is important for us to uh, assimilate, to understand how uh, powerful uh, God is in our world, not simply in our lives, but in our world. Verse 3, he will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. This is a, uh, this is the parallelism here. Uh, he's not only uh uh, an ever-present force so that he is 
if we take this literally, he's not going to allow your foot to move as you climb the heights to Jerusalem. But this is really meant to be a, a figure of speech. You're secure in his hands. And he keeps you. He guards you. Um, and will not sl- sleep is another word to understand that. For, behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Verse 5. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand, shading you, protecting you from the sun. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. Uh, And I think six, someone might say, well, the strike, the moon striking you. Well, this is, again, it's a figure of speech. It's a mirrorism. So the sun and the moon, it, no one, nothing can uh, strike you without God's permission. Verse 7, the Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul, your life. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in all day long, continuously, from this time forth and ever forevermore. Uh, Psalm 121 was an encouragement to the pilgrims as they returned or came, uh, journeyed from their homes to Jerusalem and, uh, I think uh, this, as well as several other psalms, uh, are identified as songs of ascent. And therefore, they would sing these songs as they approached Jerusalem and the temple. All right, let's turn now to Job. Job 16. Job 16, and uh, hopefully... You have uh, the slide that uh, has the book of Job at the top. And then secondly, it says the second round of speeches, Job uh, 15. And I believe my picture here is in the way, but I think it says to 21. There we are. Okay, yes, 21. And uh, also, Job's second reply to Eliphaz. This is verses 16, 17. Last week, we uh, studied Eliphaz's uh, remarks to uh, to Job. And uh, Eliphaz was very rash, very hard, uh, harsh towards Job. And now Job is going to respond. He is going to reply. Okay, are we able to move here to another? Let's see here, okay. Second round of speeches, Job 15 to 21. We saw Eliphaz's second speech. Uh, 
Eliphaz uh, reprimands Job's attitude in chapter 15, 1 through 16. We saw Job's irreverent, uh, he reprimands him for his ever, uh, uh, irreverent talk. Uh, Job's assumed wisdom. And then B here, we have Eliphaz states the fate of the wicked. And that goes all the way from the seven, verse 17 to uh, verse 35. And we covered those last week. Now, again, what's important about Eliphaz's uh, dialogue or his speech is that it is exceedingly judgmental. Uh, it is critical. It's uh, it condemns Job, and it's the best one of the best examples we have of how not to comfort someone. Uh, not it's not our responsibility to uh, to criticize someone. Secondly, here as we move through this section. Job's second reply to Eliphaz. <clears throat> Job 16 and 17. First of all, we'll see Job's disgust, and he probably should be, with Eliphaz's comments. And we'll see this in verses 1 through 5. We'll see Job's distress in verses 6 through 17. And Job will uh, include the Lord with this as well because Job does not understand why the adversity has come into his life. Uh, we'll see uh, some comments that I'll make. We don't understand why adversity comes into our life. Now, uh, we could probably... Guess uh, if we have if we are either living a sinful life or inter, uh, intermittently, we might uh, expect uh, discipline. Uh, testing is uh, more difficult for us because very often uh, when when testing comes into our life, our lives. Uh, we immediately believe that it's uh, inappropriate or it is, uh, uh, it, uh, we shouldn't be under that kind of pressure. We don't realize that God is preparing us for something greater. So Job expresses his distress. See Job's desire. And uh, this desire begins in verse 18 of chapter 16, and it continues to chapter 17, verse 5. Uh, I'm going to stop tonight uh, at the verse 1 in chapter uh, 17, um, more or less stay with the chapter breaks in Job. But uh, this outline takes us to... Um, Chapter 17, verse 5. And then D, Job's dilemma. 
verses 6 through 16 of chapter 17. So we'll pick up those uh, those last <clears throat> uh, last parts in uh, next next week. All right. Now I'll probably just leave. Uh, well, let me see here. Let's go back. Well, we'll just leave this here. All right. Let's begin in Job. Uh, Job 16. What I'd like to do is uh, uh, express at least three principles here as we begin. First of all, what Job is learning, or he needs to learn, or we should learn, maybe is a better way to, to say this, is what we should learn uh, from the book of Job. And by the way, the book of Job uh, is not necessarily the easiest uh, book to, um, to comprehend. You really have to work hard, first of all, of getting the proper interpretation uh, being the oldest book, it sometimes is exceedingly difficult. But then we have to put ourselves in Job's shoes, in his place, and try to determine if we would do any better than Job uh, will do or is doing. So our first principle here is when we lose confidence in our spiritual life, we lose the divine perspective, and we lose confidence in God. So that principle, once more, when we lose confidence in our spiritual life, and Job is losing confidence in his spiritual life. When we lose confidence in our spiritual life, we lose the divine perspective. And when we we lose divine perspective, we truly are lost. We're frustrated. Uh, we can be dismayed. Uh, and we can even uh, get to the point, as Job, that we're blaming God for what's happening in our lives. So we lose the divine perspective and we lose confidence in God. Job is struggling with his faith. We often find ourselves struggling also. Therefore, we can't be critical of Job. Reading the Word of God helps us to cycle doctrine through our soul, which helps us to grow spiritually. But it takes concentration and routine. Uh, I encourage... Uh, you to read the Bible. And sometimes we read the Bible just to say we read the Bible or because we think we're supposed to reading the, read the Bible. But as we read it, we don't understand it. And when we don't understand it, uh, we need to either, number one, stop and work on the passage, try to work on the content of it, uh, or... If it's something that you simply can't grasp, well, mark it and continue to go. 
God the Holy Spirit will help you to understand uh, the Word of God or the the major part of it. Some parts of it are very difficult, and I will admit that. Uh, but we need to concentrate, and we do it on you know on a routine basis. Secondly, in testing situations, we often feel sorry for ourselves and fail to apply the the commands that we are given in the Word of God. Let me read that again. In testing situations, and that's where we find ourselves many times. As a matter of fact, even if we've sinned and we confess our sins, very often the discipline will continue, and that becomes testing for blessing. So in testing situations, we often feel sorry for ourselves and fail to apply the commands we are given in the Word of God. Uh, I just quoted uh, several of the promises and the commands. Have I not commanded you to be strong and and courageous. Uh, so we very often lose our courageous approach to life. Third, when we are discouraged and in need of encouragement, friends must come to us with support and reassurance. This is not what happened in the life of Job. Uh, Eliphaz is going to be highly critical so when we are discouraged, and we probably could even change that to when our friends are discouraged and they're in need of en- encouragement, then friends must come to us with support and reassurance. Very often we choose to tell them what they need to do. It's not our responsibility to guide them and direct them. That is the Word of God and God the Holy Spirit's responsibility. We should encourage them in their spiritual lives. We are not God. We are not called to criticize or condemn, but to encourage. And for those who are going through very difficult times in their lives, we should be, uh, we should be very encouraging and supporting to them. All right. Well, let's leave... Let's read uh, our first five verses here. Job 16, beginning with verse, verse 1. Then Job answered and said, I have heard many such things. In other words, he's responding to what Eliphaz has said. He says, I've heard many such things. Miserable comforters. Are you, uh, are you all speaking to his friends? Shall words of wind have an end? Or what provokes you that you answer? I also could speak as you do. If your soul were in my soul's place. In other words, he's simply saying, if I were in your place. I could heap up words. I could pile up words against you. And shake my head at you. But I would strengthen you with my, with my mouth. Mouth here um, is the accurate translation there. But he's saying that I would strengthen you with my words. And the comfort of my lips, my speech, 
would relieve your grief. All right. Let's look a little closer at some of these words. Job says, I have heard many such things. In other words, previously, he's heard this previously. And he says he describes his friends as miserable comforters. Uh, Another way of translating that is comforters of trouble. In other words, they're bringing more trouble than they are bringing comfort. As a matter of fact, they're bringing no comfort. Uh, So Job says, that he has heard this type of criticism in the past. Uh, Maybe from these friends uh, in previous dialogues or people uh, he has heard who have have judged others. And what a disappointment uh, it is to have friends who could be uh, consolers, who could console us, but instead they turn out to be just the opposite. Uh, His friends here told Job nothing new, he says, that they were miserable comforters. They compound rather than ease his troubles. Verse 3, Shall words of wind have an end, or what provokes provokes you uh, that you answer? Uh, The words here, uh, words of wind, that takes us back to uh, something that uh, Eliphaz says. uh, And this has the sense of being a a windbag. Words of wind. Uh, Empty words is another way of saying this. Uh, Someone who... We could even call them long-winded. So they babble with long-winded speeches and arguments. Um, Unlike good counselors, good friends, we might say, who console and uh, and listen. Apparently, Job was uh, was surprised that Eliphaz came back at him a second time uh, by saying, If something ails you, that's what he says uh, here. Uh, What compels you? What forces you uh, to try to get an answer? answer? Uh, Is there no limit to your windy words? Verse 4. I could also speak to you as you do, if your soul were in my soul. Uh, In other words, if you were in my place, uh, I would heap or I would pile up words against you and shake my head at you and shaking the head uh, in this in this way it means a sign of mockery you may remember when when the Lord Jesus Christ was on uh, uh, the cross uh, there were those who stood in front of the cross who criticized him who were uh, actually uh, uh, believed that he he deserved to be on the cross. And they stood out in front of him and shook their heads. And it's a sign of mockery. And that's what uh, Job is saying here. Verse 5. <clears throat> but instead of uh, piling up words against you, but I would strengthen. The word here for strengthen is fortify. 
fortify you with my mouth, my with my words, and comfort, and the comfort of my lips, my speech, would relieve your grief. So, uh, Job here is saying, if I was in your your place, if I was in you were in the situation that I am, I wouldn't come to condemn. I would come to uh, encourage you. Now, verses six through seventeen. Job here is going to describe how he feels as the test from Satan applies the oppression, uh, applies pressure on him. Now, of course, Job does not know this hardship comes from Satan. As we read this section, we might have the same thoughts when we face adversity. We must remember that when we are being crushed by problems of life, those may not come from God. And if they are, they are designed to strengthen us spiritually. Job is now going to describe how we, off, how we often feel. As we read this, it's not for us to be critical of Job. Um, it's not uh, for, our, uh, for us to condemn him but to place ourselves um, in, his, uh, in his place and have the sense of why he's saying what he's doing. Um, Job, as he goes through here, is going to uh, criticize, um, uh, criticize or blame God, but uh, that, is not, that should not be his, his approach. But again... Um, we should learn from this. Um, We must remember that when we are being crushed by problems of life, they may not come from God. And if they are, they are designed to strengthen us spiritually. Job describes how we often feel. We must not blame God. Uh, But often we do. Uh, And very often we ask why. Now, I don't think it's inappropriate for us to ask why, but not in a, a, a faithless or a, a, a condemnating, uh, blaming way, uh, but try to determine in our conversations with God, prayer, uh, to determine uh, how we should respond uh, to the situation. All right, verse 6. Though I speak, my grief is not relieved, not soothed. As a matter of fact, let me read several of our, uh, let me read down to at least, uh, well, at least verse, maybe 14. Verse 6. Though I speak, my grief is not relieved. And if I remain silent, how am I eased? But how he... Has, but now he has worn me out. You have made desolate all my company. You have shriveled me up, and it is a witness, and it is a witness <clears throat> against me. My leanness rises up against me and bears witness to my face. He tears me in his wrath and hates me. He gnashes at me with his teeth. My adversary sharpens his gaze on me. 
They gape. They gape at me with their mouth. They strike me. They strike me reproachfully on the cheek. They gather together against me. Verse 11 now switches. And you'll notice, and this is very often in poetry, uh, the, uh, the number of the pronoun. Sometimes it's going to be uh, third person singular. Sometimes it's third person plural. And here we have uh, that very thing occurring. It goes from he to they. And uh, it's not always easy to determine uh, who the uh, the antecedents are. It's important, though, for us to try to determine that. Verse 11, God has delivered me to the ungodly and turned me over to the hands of the wicked. I was at least, I was at ease. Another word there is peace. I was at ease. But he has shattered me. He has also taken me by my neck and shaken me to pieces. Notice the wild animal uh, analogy here. He has set me, uh, set me up for his target. His archers surround me. He pierces my heart and does not pity. He pours out my gall on the ground. He breaks me with wound upon wound. Uh, arrow after arrow might be a way we could say that. He runs at me like a warrior. So uh, this is uh, very figurative, but it's Job uh, describing uh, how he feels in the midst of this. Um, and therefore, again, I say we, tr- we should try not to be uh, critical of what uh, Job is saying, but instead we, uh, we realize uh, how easily it is, how easy it is for us to fall into the same situation. Verse 6, though I speak, my grief is not relieved. It's not soothed. Uh, and if I remain silent, if I, res- if I refrain from speaking, how am I eased? Uh, does, uh, will any of it uh, go away? Will, it, uh, will there be any um, uh, soothing? So Job states a, condu- a conundrum here. If he speaks, he is condemned. See, he's relating his life, the difficulties in his life, and what's, uh, it only brings condemnation. So he's saying, so he says, if I speak, my grief is not relieved. Uh, if he speaks, he is condemned. And if he says nothing, his pain remains. It's uh, in his soul. So, Job needs a consoling ear, we often say, or a consoling, uh, comforting sh- sh- uh, shoulder. He says there's no ease in, in silence. Um, he needs to speak. Verse 7, but now he, and I think the, the, e, the he here is God, uh, because now he's saying he, Job knows that God's in control. And therefore, as he speaks, he says, God has worn me out. You have made desolate or waste all my company. And I think company there could be his household, uh, his possessions. Uh, Verse 8, you have shriveled me up. And I think 
uh, you have shriveled, you have seized me, you have grasped me. Uh, uh, the, the, this is how he responds to that, how he feels. And it, the calamity in his life, is a witness against me. So there has to be a reason why the uh, the adversity is there. Uh, it's a witness against me. Then he says, my leanness rises up against me and bears witness to my face. Uh, so the calamity, he's describing it, it brings leanness into his life. Uh, Job says, by God seizing him, uh, Job, uh, Job means affliction. Now, leanness, what do we mean by leanness? Uh, gauntness is another word. Uh, it can mean lack of, of nourishment. Uh, it's, there's a, a phrase in Psalm 109.24 that speaks of leanness of the soul. Uh, someone who lacks faith, uh, they have uh, leanness of the soul. There's no strength there. Uh, a lean soul is uh, wastes away. It is emaciated. Uh, it lacks strength. It lacks contentment, even hope. Uh, the person has lost hope and trust. And so... That's as he lo as Job loses his uh, his confidence, uh, his trust. We see that he he says he has uh, leanness, and it's a witness to to him and his lack of strength in his spiritual life. Verse nine, he, and I believe again. Uh, Job is continuing his description of God, but he's going to use uh, animal, uh, a wild animal uh, analogy or characteristics. He tears me in his wrath. Uh, and wrath here, probably a better word for us, understanding it is his justice. And hates, uh, and hates me. He gnashes at me with his teeth. My adversary sharpens his gaze on me. Now, uh, the uh, the tears at me with his wrath, his justice, and he hates me. Uh, for those who are not reading the New King James Version, uh, the uh, Revised uh, Version also uses the word hate. Uh, but... In my opinion, that's not an acceptable translation. Others, uh, the NIV, uh, the New Standard American Bible, has other words. Uh, opposition, ad, uh, I'm trying to remember what they had, but um, this is, hate is not the right word here. Uh, we remember that God does not hate. Hate is not part of his character. His character is perfect love. Uh, uh, but it's also perfect righteousness and justice. And there are other attributes as well, but hate is not one of them. Therefore, when we read hate as being associated with God, we must stop and align the statement with God's character. God's righteousness can reject something that violates 
his righteousness. And his justice will respond to his righteousness. So if something is rejected by his righteousness, then his justice acts uh, through punishment uh, is certainly one way. In this passage, again, hate does not fit. Uh, A better translation is God opposes, or uh, we might say that uh, he not only opposes him, but he is an adversary. Uh, And then we can at least begin to move that into God's character. Uh, My adversary sharpens, and I think a better word there is fixes. Uh, The word is sharpened. Uh, It's used for sharpening swords. But uh, he is, he fixes his gauge, uh, gaze on me. And what that means is that uh, he is concentrating on Job. And it's more than just uh, fixing his, uh, his gaze or concentrating, but there's action involved in this as well. We have to understand the actions that go with these words. Verse 10. Here we are. We change from uh, second person singular, excuse me, uh, third person singular to a uh, third person plural. They gape at me with their mouths. Now, that, of course, we've seen animals do this. Uh, They gape at me with their mouth. They strike me reproachably reproachfully on the cheek. They gather together uh, like a band uh, against me. So uh, the gestures here follow the animal imagery. They reflect destructive opposition and attack. Um, Now it's possible uh, as we go through this that we'll see that the they... uh, applies to uh, the ungodly that we're going to see next. But he uses this pack of wild animals uh, to describe how he feels here. Uh, They are the ones that are uh, gaping at Job. Uh, Verse 11, God has delivered me to the ungodly, and he turned, he throws me over to the hands of the wicked. Uh, Job here does not refer here, I believe, to his his friends. I don't think that's what he's saying. But it's more likely to the wicked men who set about to destroy him and his possessions. Uh, So, uh, but again, this is how Job uh, is responding. Verse 11, verse 12. I was at ease, but he shattered me. He also has taken me by the neck. And shaken, we've all seen uh, animals, dogs, uh, grab uh, something by the neck and shake it. Uh, uh, The word shaken is fine, dashed me uh, to pieces. He has set me up for his target. So Job here says that he was at peace. He was at ease, uh, which he was. Uh, But God has shattered his life, has shattered his world. Here we often find ourselves. And when something happens, when something shakes us in our lives, we blame God. 
If it is God who causes the anguish and the shattering, he has a divine reason for directing it. Um, We must not allow uh, difficulties, uh, pressures in life to destroy our faith. We need to stay in the word. We need to wait on the Lord. Trust him. Uh, 13, love these next uh, uh, first, uh, these uh, verses. His archers surround me. He pierces my heart and does not pity. He pours out my gall on the ground. Let me read the rest of this. He breaks or batters me with wound upon wound. He runs at me like a, uh, charges me like a warrior. I have sown uh, sack, uh, sackcloth on my skin and laid or thrust my head in the dust. Let me go back to uh, verses 13 and 14. Uh, the archers here is a figure. It's an illustration of the affliction that he believes God has brought on him. And again, uh, do we join uh, uh, Job here thinking that God doesn't care. Uh, God doesn't take pity on us during uh, challenging times. And and that very often happens. Uh, We must remember that God loves us more than we love ourselves or anyone else loves us. Uh, So when we understand that, then we can at least begin to tolerate uh, and accept what's happening in our lives because God loves us, and God is directing the situation. Uh, it says his archers, we could probably add there, shoots arrows at me because we're going to see a warrior here in a minute. Uh, they pierce his heart, uh, his soul, we could say, uh, and God does not pity, does not care. He does care. And then it says he pours out my gall, calls, uh, pours out my gall on the ground. Uh, the word here for gall is only used once in the Bible, so it's very difficult for us to get a sense uh, on what this means. But I believe that it means uh, his courage or his boldness. Uh, losing, uh, it's like uh, uh, something uh, pouring from uh, uh, a pitcher or maybe a wine uh, skin, something of that nature. Uh, the adversary drains us of strength or courage. Uh, God tells us not to lose courage uh, or strength. And I've quoted uh, Job 1.9. Uh, we are not to lose courage. We're not to be dismayed. God is our strength. Uh, let's uh, look at a few verses here uh, that uh, tell us that God is our strength. Let's look, let's look at Exodus 15.2. Turn to Exodus 15.2. Exodus 15. The Israelites had just crossed the Red Sea and the Egyptians had been swallowed up by the waters. And Exodus 15 Verse 2, let me begin the last part of verse 1. 
I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. Verse 2, the Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my deliverance. He is my God, and I will praise him. My father's God, and I will exalt him. Um, the strength. Uh, the Israelites lost uh, their faith and their hope so often. But this is where they started. Second uh, Samuel 22. Let's turn to Second Samuel 22. Second Samuel 22. This is really a psalm written by David. Second Samuel 22:33. God is my strength and power, and He makes my way perfect. Therefore, uh, we must remember that He is our strength. And then uh, Psalm 27, Psalm 27:1. Psalm 27. Another great psalm. Uh, when There was a day when I had this entire psalm memorized. I would not be asked to, at least I hope I wouldn't be asked to quote it now, but... Uh, Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall be, uh, shall I be afraid? Great promises. And that's what we should remember. Verse 14. Uh, back in Job 16. Verse 15. Verse 14. He breaks, batters me with wound upon wound, arrow upon arrow. He runs, he charges me like a warrior. Uh, that's how uh, Job uh, senses the situation. Now, uh, verse 15, 16, and 17, I think all go together here. Let me read them. Uh, verse 15, I have sown sackcloth over my skin and laid my head in the dust. My face is flushed from weeping and on my eyelids is the shadow of death. Although no violence is in my hands and my, and my prayer is pure. Now, I have sown sackcloth over my skin. Uh, in Jewish tradition and apparently here, in uh, Job's tradition also, the use of saf, uh, sackcloth is a sign of sorrow and mourning. Uh, the language of sackcloth here is uh, hyperbolic. Job is saying that the sackcloth he has put on him in his lamentable, uh, lamentable state, in other words, uh, his sorrow, uh, possibly not mourning, but in his sorrow, is now stuck to his skin as if he had stitched it to his skin. In other words, his oozing sores are now 
causing that uh, sackcloth to stick to him as if he had sewn it to him. Uh, And it says, and laid... Uh, the word here is thrust, not laid. Laid is fine. Uh, and thrust my head. And the actual literal word there is home, uh, horn. So uh, the the word for horn is uh, his, uh, can be used for power. It can also be used for uh, dignity. And I think here may be dignity. He's saying because of the um, adversity that he's enduring, uh, that he has uh, placed his head on the ground uh, and uh, his power, his dignity is uh, on the ground. Uh, Verse 16, my face is flushed. It's reddened from weeping. And on, and on my eyelids is the shadow. And I'm going to, shadow is fine. I'm going to say that it's the darkness, the darkness of death. So just as joy brings light and life to the eyes, sorrow and suffering brings darkness. Uh, and very often uh, we see uh, death coming. Um uh, the eyelids here would, uh, again, be a, a figure relating to the whole facial expression. Uh, sad, uh, sullen would be another word. Verse 17. Uh, Although no violence or no wrong is in my hand and my prayer is pure. Uh, he's saying that I'm praying. I've prayed this way. Uh, and uh, he... And he probably, let me start over here. Although no violence, no wrong is in my hands. He would say, even though I have committed uh, no wrong here uh, and my prayer is is pure. We might use the word there for uh, is righteous. It's correct. So here in verses 15 through 17, Job expresses his frustration and his hopeless feelings. He is downcast, he's weeping, and he shows depression on his face. Yet, he has no understanding why such calamity has come upon him. And on top of that, he states his prayers are pure, they're proper, they're righteous. Well, often we find ourselves in the same situation. We are frustrated because of our situation and God does not seem to be hearing our prayers. Why? Because he's not answering them the way that we would like, that we desire. Uh, We expect God to immediately uh, change our lives, arrest the pain, and restore us to joy and happiness. God tells us, that we should maintain joy even when we're experiencing adversity because we have been given the divine strength to do so. Uh, James tells us this. James 1, 2 says, count it all joy. Why? Because we are going through testing and the testing gives us strength. Uh, 
We might think that our prayers are righteous, but often our prayers demonstrate that we don't know God's plan or purpose for our lives. Uh, Maybe our prayers are completely wrong. We must first realize that God knows what's happening in our lives and is caring for us. We must trust him. Uh, I quoted Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, and we read through uh, Psalm 121. Uh, God cares for us. God is our helper. Uh, We need to rest in his provision and uh, what uh, he is doing in our lives. All right. Now, verse 18. Round this, begin to round this up. This is Job's desire, uh, verses beginning in verse 18. O earth, and another way we can say this, let me read down to verse 22. O earth, do not cover my blood, and let my cry have no resting. Uh, Verse 19, surely even now my witness is in heaven. And my evidence is on high. Verse 20. Uh, My friends scorn me. And we're going to have to change that verse because it makes little or no sense here the way it's translated. My friends scorn me. My eyes pour out tears to God. Oh, that one might plead for a man with God as a man pleads for his neighbor. For when a few years are finished... I shall go the way of no return. All right. Verse 18. Job knows that he will die and that his death, signified here by blood on the ground, will cry out for vindication. Uh, Job is saying that I have not caused this wrong. Um, And uh, his hope is that uh, his death, and that's what the word blood here, uh, O ground, is another way of saying this. Do not hide. Don't hide my death. Because uh, uh, as he lies there, his, his death will be vindicated. Uh, the word here uh, is uh, for place is... Um, and let my cry have no resting place. In other words, mean that it's not ignored. Um, it's not in a secret place. Uh, verse 19. Surely even now my witness is in heaven and my evidence is on high. He trusts that God knows uh, how he's lived his life. Uh, we see that Uh, In verse 18, he says, the earth. Now in verse 19, he changes and he goes to heaven. Uh, So I think the uh, understanding here of uh, of the earth or or the of heaven is that uh, he's a it's a reference to God. Uh, But what we'll see here is that he desires to have an advocate. uh, later on, I think he's referring to one of his friends uh, could pray for him, intercede for him. But in verses 19 uh, is at least in 19 is a reference to God. Verse 19. 
it says, my, uh, my friends scorn me. And I think that's uh, an inappropriate, uh, an inappropriate uh, translation. Uh, I would say that the translation is my intercession, my intercessor is my friend. And that for, uh, and therefore that allows the context to, uh, for this to, to refer to God. Uh, there are several translations that uh, take it this way. My intercessor is my friend as my eyes pour out my tears to God. Uh, so uh, the friend Job hoped uh, would argue for him, would plead for him. And that's what we read in verse 21. Oh, that one might plead, might argue, may debate for a man with God as a man pleads for his neighbor. Um, Job's companions had not spoken on his behalf. Uh, so he's asking for prayers. Uh, we very often come to a, a place in our lives where we need prayers and we're thankful for prayers uh, God answers prayers, and uh, Job understands that, and that's a principle we should learn here, is that uh, some of the, uh, the uh, most effective uh, actions we can take for our friends is to go to the Lord in prayer. Verse 22, for when a few days, few years are finished, in other words, when, as his life comes to an end, I shall go the way, the road of no return. He's not going to return uh, after death. Uh, therefore, he is uh, desiring to return to a place of faith. Uh, and he's asking his friends to uh, intercede for him uh, as we finish verse 22. So there's uh, many, uh, I think, uh, were, uh There are many lessons to be learned from this lesson. They don't necessarily leap from the page, page, but we have to understand Job's situation and place ourselves there, uh, realizing that he is being uh, criticized and criticized unjustly because Satan is the one who is bringing the pressure. Uh, and this very often can happen in in our lives, whether it's the cosmic system or Satan or uh, uh, demons. More than likely, it is the cosmic system, where uh, or the fallen world, our fall, our, our fallen lives, uh, bodies, um, and so we will face uh, adversities, difficulties, challenges like this, and we must remember. Uh, First of all, Job is doing one thing that's correct. He's going to the Lord. Um, But uh, we shouldn't blame God for this. Uh, We may have that sense, but we talk our way through this. And so that's that's what we find in Job 16. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the lessons that Job uh, can learn from this or we can learn from Job. Help us, Father, to focus on uh, who and you are uh, 
even when we're facing um, difficult times, not just when uh, we are in uh, times of, of happiness. We also, Father, pray for us now as we go through this difficult time uh, with our nation. Help us to remember that uh, you are in control, uh, not just in our lives, but in, the, uh, in, the, uh, uh, in our nation as well. Uh, we know that uh, you are uh, the one who will direct our nation. We ask for uh, leaders that are trusting in you as well. Uh, they, need to, they need to make uh, correct decisions. We pray, Father, for, their, uh, for them to do so. But help us to continue to, tra- uh, to trust you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.